Welcome to the show, everybody. You are listening to the All Around Ungovernable podcast. It's going to be a great one, people. We got Mr. Tones in the house. We got Wake Up Nation in the house. And we got, from a little extra Lambo, Lambo is in the house. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on, guys? And I'm I'm excited to be on the show talking about what we're going to talk about today. Uh, as on my, my show, um, as well as as many lives as I can, I talk about, uh, men's mental health, just men in general, men being better. And this is going to fit right in with, uh, with my message and, and what I tried to put out there. Awesome. What about you, Wake Up? Oh yeah. I'm glad to be here. Thank y'all for having me on. Uh, I say, you know, men's mental health is, uh, something that's near and dear to my heart and I'm just glad to be able to be on the show and spread a little bit of knowledge with everybody. Yep. And that's the reason why I reached out to you because I knew that was a important thing to you and Lambo. So, you know, and then we got relationships we're going to talk about and go ahead and start blowing up my phones. Women, we're going to talk about your crazy asses too. <laughs> and tones is in the house what's going on tones oh not a whole lot man uh enjoying this beautiful weather we've been having it's been uh, uh yesterday reached about 76 and today reached 81 so it's been been almost summer like around here which is odd but what other than that neck? it's it, it's good man it's good what's your neck of the woods like up here lambo in God's country is what we like to call it. It was 46 today. Uh, we had sunlight. We had a little bit of rain. We had snow. We had uh, back to sunlight. And then now we got another uh, storm coming through. So after high winds last night, now we get to deal with some snow and some rain and maybe some more sunlight before the sun actually goes down and, and gets about 27 degrees tonight. So that's how we are. That's good. Yeah, here in western Kentucky, we were at 70 degrees today. What about over there in Lexington area? Oh, we had a nice 70 degrees. It's currently sitting at 62, mildly cloudy. I'll say it's supposed to get some rain tonight, though. Hopefully that'll hold off. Yeah, hopefully it goes away and goes north. But let's get into it. So we want to talk about some men's mental health because, you know, the way the men have been dealt with in the way that men react um, or lack of reacting. It's been a very uh, important issue for all of us. I can say the least for, for, you know, the people on this podcast. Um, And it's only getting worse as, as time goes by every year it's increasing. You're seeing more men becoming broken down with their mental health. Uh, more and more men are committing suicide, and this is the reason why we're having the conversation. So, absolutely. What what do you what do you think about the mental health aspect uh, for you? Wake up. Well, you know, there there's there's a lot when it comes to understanding men's mental health. You know, men are often have fewer friends and, you know, less social connections to rely on to help, you know, pull you out of that depression stage, you know, and you, you, you have to be able to have family and friends that you can rely on, you know, you, 
to help pull you out of that depression, that hopelessness stage, you know, it, it, it really affects your entire well-being. It causes anxiety, sleeplessness, mood swings. You get the worst part about it is the rage that is associated with it when it comes to men. Yeah. Uh, yep. A lot of the uh, men's mental health and the in the suicide and all that it's it's more violent than what women go through. It is, and you know, I I honestly think that a lot of that has to do with you know the stigma that has been you know wrapped around it. You know, because men have always been taught that they have to be the breadwinner, the sole survivor, the lone wolf, you know, they're forging their way with sheer grit. You know, they, they're always supposed to, they think that they are supposed to do everything themselves without any help. And that's just not the case anymore. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it this way, the way I was raised was there's three important jobs of a man. That's procreation that's being the provider and that's being the protector. And that's right. what, what the men are supposed to be as according to, you know, you know, like my grandparents, my great grandparents, even my dad. What do you think about that Lambo? Uh, yeah, definitely. And that comes from a, a mother father home where both parents are in that home together. You have a, a, spiritual leader you have a provider you have a family leader in the father you have the emotional leader you have the um more so the teacher in the mother and it takes both parents to to raise your children up in a in a society where they're trying to rip everything apart it takes both parents to be there in order for that family to be successful you have you have uh, better kids in school you have better kids with better temperaments if you have a religious aspect behind it you have you know whatever god you you assemble with and and that is that's how that's what leads you it takes both parents and then once you once you start getting into this idea uh, the ideology ideology of you, you know both parents at work or you know single family homes it just starts tearing away at that family structure 100 percent what about two tones yeah i mean i think it's i think it's essential like wake up said to you know have someone that you know is of some importance to you to be able to fall back on you know i mean if because that's that is the main problem amongst uh suicide rate amongst men is they just felt like they had no one to talk to they had nowhere to turn to that they felt like there was no resources around them and and stuff like that and and you know it's really essential and and as people we all have to do better in focusing on men's mental health because over the years it's all been it, it's it's been all about the women you know and uh and now and now you know it's a slow process but i'm starting to notice how you know the it, people are starting to come around starting to come around with with uh, men's mental health and it it's a good step honestly yeah, just to add I mean, one thing to that just add one thing to that if you go to a counselor you go to a counselor, and if it's a female asking for an appointment, that counselor is going to get that woman in there faster than if a man calls to schedule an appointment. They will book that man out two, three, four months 
before they will uh, a female who is going to get in there within the next week, the next month, somewhere in that in that time period. They always go for the women first, and then the men come second. Yep. Just sad facts. I mean, <clears throat> I got some statistics out there out there, and I was looking up, up uh, some uh, mental health for men uh, statistics, and this is what they've come to the conclusion with. 77% of men suffer from depression or suffer symptoms of depression, anxiety, and stress. Uh, 40% of men don't talk about their mental health. Then you have more than Here's three, more than 3 million have men have, uh, been diagnosed with panic disorder, agrophor, agrophobia, and many other different phobias. And the majority of the uh, mental health for men, 32% of it comes from work, 31% from finances, and 23% of their own health. So it's just crazy. You know, we just got so many men out here that think that it's below them to even talk about their mental health, um, to even dis discuss it. I know my father... Whenever I was growing up, he would never talk about it. You could tell he was deep down and out, but he would never say anything because it makes you less of a man because you talk about your feelings. I want to add you know? to uh, your point. Um, uh, the <clears throat> the men affected, you know, the age group amongst those men is between 25 and 64. Correct. That's the most affected, uh, affected area. And, you know, that's a broad uh, age range. Yep. And, and all uh, of those stats added together, that's why men kill themselves at a four to one rate compared to women. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and the, the CDC put out there, and I don't believe half the shit the CDC says, but it says hmm. 30 suicide deaths per year per 100,000 in men at age 55 and older in 2021, which it more than doubled um, from 14. So, you know, if you look at, look it up at ages between 18 and 50, it's right at 38 suicides per 100,000 men. That's one too many. Absolutely. It's way too so, many. So we, we need to get the stigma off of men that it's weak to talk about your feelings. I mean, you need to reach out and talk to another guy, reach out and talk to another guy. Uh, Cause Where I can almost stigma hear... come from. Where does that stigma come from though? Well, I mean, just through things through society. I mean, they've, they've labeled that they're destroying men completely. Correct. You know, you know, you're, you're seeing the beta male now you're seeing, people being more feminine but if you take all the alpha males who grew up in a household with a very strong father or even without a father some there's some pretty really strong alpha males i mean it's just it's always been that stigma you're a man don't cry if you cry you're a sissy uh if you talk about your feelings then you know you're a little more on the fem feminine side you're not an alpha i mean we just need to break that stigma that we can't talk about our feelings because obviously we do, or else we wouldn't be killing ourselves. Absolutely. Feelings are used against you. Oh so yeah. You open up, you open up to 
you know, let's say a teacher, you open up to a counselor, you open up to your girlfriend, you open up to your wife, it, it gets used against you. A sibling, it gets used against you. And it might not be right then and there, but a week down the road, it'll get, it'll get thrown right back at you, just belittling you, demeaning you. And then what do you do from there? Now you're not only back at square one, you might even be a step further because now you've got to overcome that embarrassment of you opening up with your emotions and get over that hump and then try to go progress from there. Yeah. And that's what we'll bring up in the relationship part, because yeah, there are a lot of women out there that will turn around and use that against the man. That's right. Yep. The moment an argument is, but that's usually when it happens the most. But as men, we need to step up and we need to speak out and and talk to one another. Um, find somebody that you can trust and rely on to have that conversation. Because I can guarantee you, if you're talking to another guy, more than likely he's going through the same damn thing. We just know how to mask things a lot better and push it down. Most definitely. And one thing is that also helps with being able to bring up the subject because, you know, a lot of people, they're not going to openly just walk up to you and say, hey, I'm having a rough day mentally and I just, is it all right if we can talk? You know, it's really hard to cross that boundary into that vulnerability to be able to speak to someone about it. Yeah, you know, and, because there's so much judgment that is experienced today because of those male roles that have been, you know, taught to us throughout generations. Exactly. Yeah. And us and us as people, you know, most of us can identify when someone is struggling, you know, and most of us just, well, damn, that person looks like they're having a hard time and we don't do anything about it. You know, just just you know, walking up to the person and just saying, hey, you look like you're struggling. You need someone to talk to. You know, that goes a long way with a man. It really That's does. Right. Because, then, just... because then we, we can build we can build trust within ourselves and have trust within people to be able to be open about how we feel. Right. And it, most times, if not, just asking, how are you doing? Right. I mean, that does a lot for somebody. I mean that's kind of my approach to it when i see somebody like you know if i'm at work or whatever and i see somebody going through something and, and you can tell it on their face i just say hey, man how you doing you, you know? gotta ask that twice though yeah because you'll ask somebody hey man how you doing oh, i'm fine man i'm good hey everything's good yeah. no yeah how are right. you doing mm-hmm. right like and they once you change your tone level and they know you're serious and then you've made eye contact you're you're one-on-one with them that that barrier right there, that just dropped the level. And right. now you might get a real answer. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I've been listening to a lot of these uh, motivational and, and men's mental health uh, little things that they put on TikTok and all the stuff. And that's always the thing that you hear about is, you know, I'm fine. Well, you know that person is not fine. When they say I'm fine, that's pretty much telling you I'm not yeah so delve deeper and get a conversation going and that's what these what men need to do around this country because you know we're losing too many men over stupid shit you know guys are bottling shit up they don't want to talk about it you know we just we feel weak because we do talk about it but 
you know, I worked seven years, well, 21 years in the medical field and seven dedicated to mental health. So I know, and I've seen it and I've experienced it and I've gone through situations with other men that end up killing themselves. And one of them was a friend of mine. And, you know, I blame myself every day uh, for a long time because I was the last person he seen before he went home. And I'll kind of describe the situation. So his wife was having an affair with somebody we were working with. And he found out about it through rumors in the, in the hospital. And he came by. I was running a football pool at the hospital. And everybody played my football pool. And everybody would drink, bring in their money and their numbers and everything and drop, up, drop it off. Well, he came in, had tears in his eyes. And I asked him, I was like, what's up, man? What's going on? He's like, nothing, I'll be fine. I'm going home. And I was like, yo, you need to you, you need to talk to me for a second. And he just bolted out the door and left. Well, about two hours later, I got called down to his department. And they're like, well, did you speak to him um, just before he left? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, what did he say to you? And I was like, I just asked him how he was doing because he had tears in his eyes. And he said he was just going home and he'll be all right. And they said, well, his 16-year-old kid just walked into the garage and found him. He shot himself. Mm. That's real. You know, and it's just, it's hard to deal with, you know, people that, that do that. And you just kind of question, well, what could I, I just replayed for years, what I could have done differently. And I just came to the conclusion, you know, there's nothing that was going to change his mind. You know, well, you know like, what? We need to redefine the word fine. You know, everyone hears, you know, oh, I'm fine. I'll say, you know, they automatically assume you're doing well. I'll say we, we need to change the definition. And instead of it saying, you know, I'm fine, it's feeling I'm nothing to everyone. Absolutely. I'm nothing to everyone. That is what we should think of when we hear the word fine. I agree 100%. And, you know, that, that alone will help us revamp our thinking and automatically assume this person's not okay. You know, yep. what can I do instead of assuming this person's doing good? I can just keep. You there? Can anybody hear me? Screen, his screen Hello? fell off. I'm here. <laughs> uh -oh. I'm here, he said. <laughs> I dropped my phone. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. <laughs> Okay, AT just go ahead. struck again. <laughs> yeah, AT and that's the sad part. I have AT&T too. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, you can just go ahead and continue. But like in, in, instead of thinking that they're fine, we need to rethink and revamp that to feeling I'm nothing to everyone because you know, if, if if you come up to someone and, and you ask them how you're doing and they say, I'm fine, realistically, you you know something's off. 
you know, so why not just go ahead and take it a step further and say, say that they're not, that they're feeling I'm nothing to everyone and help make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I do too. Um, and you know, something as simple as walking up to a person, I do this time to time. Um, I, I, I do the, I do the door dash and, uh, from time to time, you know, I, if I have, if I hand an order to a customer, I'll look at them and I'll say, you have a blessed day. And remember you matter that right there goes so far. Oh, that absolutely. Turns. Yeah. And then we gotta, we gotta take it a step further to, um, with our veterans, you know, yes. we have a lot of veterans out there. We know about the, uh, 22 a day, which that was basically, that was just a starting point of what they were trying to say the suicide rates are. It's more up to 29, 30 now from what I'm hearing. Um, right. we, we need, we need to do more for our veterans, mental health. Um, these men and women have gone through some pretty traumatic things. Uh, I don't care if you were right in the middle of a firefight or you were somewhere near the vicinity of an explosion. There's just different ways people deal with that stuff. And it is post-traumatic stress. No matter what anybody says, you know, I know somebody that isn't, you know, they're a veteran. Their uh, wife tends to think that they're just playing it off and just using a blame game and an excuse when they were right in the middle of a firefight in Iraq. That's rough. And it's pretty sad when your loved one is basically trying to say that you're just making this shit up. Well, Cause then who do you go and talk to? Right. Exactly. And that's, and I think that's where the VA and more uh, organizations need to come together and do more to press on this uh, issue with the uh, mental health of our, our veterans, because I mean, even, even active duty, there's a lot of active, active duty ones because I worked through a program called health for heroes and we had active duty veteran and first responders. And we had a lot of active duty that came in that uh, we had a guy that was in the air force and he was a drone pilot and he suffered majorly from PTSD. And he explained just watching bombs being dropped in the vicinity of where there were actual, you know, civilians at and killing kids and women. That was just part of it. It was collateral damages, as he said, but it, he had to live with it every night. That's right. I'll say, and yeah. you know, I, 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 I can say as someone who served and, you know, I did nine years in the army from 07 to, to 16, and, you know, I have to give it to the, the veteran crisis line and, you know, the uh, crisis center. The, they, they have really came a long way. I mean, back in 07, uh, it, it was absolutely terrible. You, there, there was no support or anything. And now, you, they, I mean, you have, they have a text line. You can text uh, 838255. They have a um, they have a, a call at nine eight nine eight eight and press one uh, to automatically get you to a, a crisis line person. 
Uh, now they have the veterans self self check quiz. It's about a 10 minute long quiz to kind of give a idea on how you're doing mentally. And the, someone from the VA uh, reviews it after it's been um, completed. And then they'll send you a, an email or a text message, depending on what information you've provided to them and it, to help you decide on what you're going to do next. You know, so there, there is still a lot that needs to be done, but I, I have to give it to them that they are actually making strides and actually putting their money where their mouth is. They're actually trying to get some sense of help, even even if it's just a self help. You know, because there are times where where you you just can't. I mean, I've been there. I, I I was there earlier today. I mean, I I've seen some. I'm seeing some shit, and I've been through a lot of shit. And you know, I this morning was real rough, and uh, it it's just been a long day. And you know, I look. I I've been looking forward to coming on here with y'all guys tonight because the because I know how hard it is to deal with these demons and some of these things that we've had to deal with because of the things that we've seen and some of the things that we've had to do. And some days it's unbearable, but you just have to know that life is worth living. That just because we had to do things that we now sometimes even often regret doing, we did what we thought was the best during that time in that situation and i do not fault any of you any of you i'll be the first to tell you i've i've definitely made some mistakes and i've regretted some shit but my brothers and sisters in arms have helped me through a lot and i do it all over again absolutely i appreciate your service Yes, I was getting ready to say the same. I want to. I want to tell Wake Up. Thank you for your service, and uh, I also want to add to it that you know we have to work. We have to work a little bit harder when it comes to our veterans, you know, because the government is snatching so many resources, and they refuse to provide resources to help our veterans when they come home from war or just being deployed and seeing things, you know, in in, in third world countries that we don't see here in America. So I, th- I think that the effort, as far as our veterans, needs to be a little bit more. Uh, aggressive but overall uh we need to take a big big aggressive approach toward men's mental health regardless what about you lambo uh just to add on to what tones just said i i have had on my podcast um cat with american warfighters they deal exclusively with veterans in crisis who are either thinking about committing suicide, need someone to talk to, need somebody to relate to. American warfighters in uh, Lewiston, Idaho, Clarkson, Washington, that that part of the Pacific Northwest. There are other organizations all over the place. If you are a veteran and you are in need, just look on Facebook for something in that, um, you know, in, in that uh, mental health uh, organization that other veterans will help other veterans. Here in Spokane, we have um, American Freedom Fund. They uh, do a shoot every, uh, there's an annual shoot every year. There's other shoots going on. There's a softball organization to it. 
but that's up here in the Spokane area, American Freedom Fund. Um, I had on live from that organization on my podcast, but we, we talked about all that stuff as well, but there are organizations out there with the VA is not helping you and you are a veteran in crisis and you are a veteran in need of, of somebody to talk to. There are organizations that are out there. Ren, you had a guy on your podcast doing, um, the fishing, I believe. Uh, yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. That was rich from operations vets with nets. There you go. So there's, there's these organizations that are all over the place that they are here to help, but they can't, they can't help everybody if you don't extend your hand first. So you got to remember, you got to get, you got to get over that. I don't know if, I don't think it's pride. I think it's just, you don't want to put your burden on somebody else. That's it. That's That's what these organizations are here for. Yeah. But I'll plug a couple more people. There's a lady Liberty foundation. That's a, Makeup effects by Noel and her uh, cousin Larry. Uh, it's her boyfriend that she's with. They have a, a, a organization, a foundation that's dedicated to uh, helping veterans. And then I will be having a guest on here shortly. And his name he goes by uh, the Real Veteran Guy. He has a large uh, veteran organization that goes out and helps the vets uh, who have. Uh, PTSD and or suicidal. So, well, now uh, I have to plug my my uh, buddy and his organization. He uh, FSB Initiative. Uh, you can find them out on TikTok. Uh, they they are uh, they help homeless veterans and help to get them on their feet. Uh, and they they have they are starting to branch out into other states now, and they are doing an absolutely wonderful job. And if you need any of them, they're there for you. And they're uh, I, I'll get you some more information on that too, uh, Renegade, because uh, Chaz would be a good one to talk to. Okay, yeah, you can send me the link, and then I'll I'll shoot him a message. Also, send it to Lambo too, because it'd be somebody that you could have on as well. Yeah, because uh, th- th- he's he's a real good guy. I've I've known both. Of the, I've I've dealt with them for over two years through on TikTok and helping with that. And I know for a fact that he is about what he says that they do. And he he really is a good guy. Well, like I said, send us the links and we'll get in contact with them and uh, definitely have them on the show because I'm definitely about getting people that are veterans and, and having their organizations represented. So, and another thing with men's mental health, if we want to kind of start to segue over is going to be part of relationships, our favorite. <laughs> oh, well, I, I'll go, I can start that off. I mean, cause relationships are extremely important and on the mental health side, you have to be able to have someone that's going to be there to support you and to help you with everything that you've got going on. I'll say, I know that I got some of the best assistance, you know, with my wife. Uh, she's absolutely wonderful and she helps me through a lot. And you just, you just have to have that kind of support structure and be able to have that one person it, that's all it has to be is that one person that's got your back through it all and you can make it that's right so sometimes that's all the man needs that's yep. right yeah and that, i mean that is that is all that a man needs 
right? When it, when it comes to that, but 50% of all marriages fail. I think it's 54% of all marriages fail. 80% of every marriage is divorced is, is, is brought on by divorce by a female. So she's already checked out of that relationship well before the, the male even knows. Right. Yep. And that, that just comes in tune with being in, with your partner. But when, when you are looking at that aspect of, of the relationship as a whole and that trust is not there, there is no partnership there. So if you have mental health and this is from both sides, male or female, if you don't have that trust, that accountability of your partner to be there and they've already checked out, you are, you are truly alone in this, in that whole marriage aspect or relationship aspect. Well, that is a really good point. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of guys that are in relationships that are that they're just alone. You know, they don't get what they're asking for from, from their partner. Um, you just see sometimes uh, just talking to people, you know, I like to talk to people at work and, and outside of work and stuff like that and getting an idea of, you know, the way people kind of work and, and just their head function and just understanding some of the things that they go through. And a lot of things tie right back to the relationship. And it's always a question I always like to ask, you know, just what do you what do you think are the true values in a relationship? So can one of you guys give me what you think your values are in a relationship? Just like three. I'll go from first. the male. Go ahead, don't I'll go first. Show. Um, <laughs> right on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, I, I think the, I think one of the biggest things is is an open line of communication. And, uh, if, if there's no, if there's no open line of communication, if you don't feel like you can comfortably talk to your significant other, like Renegade said, uh, I mean, not Renegade, uh, Lambo said, she's, she's already checked out, you know, you're, you're alone. So you don't, you don't have that. It's that, that's a, that's a big one. Um, another thing is, um, you know, uh, a lot of people connect, connecting physically, now, I'm not talking about just sex. I'm talking about if you have a significant other, you know, holding hands, um, uh, kissing, just sitting there and having a intimacy one on one. Yes. Yes. Just, just a quiet one on one conversation, looking each other in each other's eyes. You know, when you tell each other you love you, you love each other. You say it with passion. You say it with with mm, I mean that, you know, and and, uh, and and another thing, just, you know, be realistic. You know, don't set uh, don't set high standards for someone that, you know, has a mental health uh, issue. Because not not only will they be trying to uh, live up to your standards that you have to also take consideration, they're also battling what they have going on as far as their mental health. Correct. What about you, Lambo? Um, So I'm just writing this down. Uh, Number one. It is the communication, but it's understanding how your partner communicates. That's right. Men are not mind readers. Women need to understand this from the day they are born. Men do not read minds. So if a man asks you what is the what you know, hey, what's going on? And something feels off, and you say nothing, I'm fine. And we ask again because when you say, and my wife was the best at this, I'm fine. Well, no, the fuck you're not because oh, there's one. No, you're not. 
because you, <laughs> I, I know you, and I even still to this day, and it makes her so mad. It makes her so mad that nobody will know this woman to her soul better than I will. So when she says she's fine, she's not fine. There's something going on there. She just doesn't want to open up to that because that's a wall that she has that we tried taking down. And it, it just, that was a wall that we could never get over, but it's understanding how your partner communicates. I'm not a mind reader. I'm very, Hey, if something's wrong and I ask what's wrong, tell me what it is because I just want to fix it. But one thing I had to learn in a relationship is women don't want you to fix their problems. They just want you to listen to their problems and they'll magically fix themselves. I really believe that that's what they want. They just want problems to just solve themselves without any fixing going on. They just want to vent and, and talk to you about it where I'm a fixer. Tell me what your problem is. I'll do my best to fix it. We'll move on with our lives, but it's understanding that, that communication of your partner. Second thing I have is understanding your partner as a whole, because men, when they meet a woman, they don't want that woman to change. That's how they want their woman to be. Women, though, they meet their man and they want the man to change into what they want them to be. So there's a dynamic there that is already set, set up for failure, because if a man doesn't want her woman to change or his woman to change and the woman wants her man to change, we're already crossing streams there. So something ha you have to start understanding your partner, understanding what movements each of you have within the relationship, but you have to allow each other to grow. And then if something isn't vibing with the other person, that's where you have to open up that line of communication. They kind of sit hand in hand. You got a third one? No, you guys go no. for it. <laughs> All right, go, go like up. All right. Uh, let's see. We got accessibility, responsiveness, and emotional engagement. I like that. I like that too. Yeah, Those mine, are my three. Mine for me is number one is communication. Number two is going to be commitment. Because I want to know, I want I want you to be committed. Don't half-ass it. Either you're all the way in or you're all the way out. And then I want just complete and total transparency on honesty. Don't sugarcoat shit. Just fucking come out and say it. Yep. Be honest with me. I'll be honest with you. And we can make a, a relationship work. So, And that's that's a, that's that's one of the things amongst pretty much all men just be 100% honest with us because that's what we are. We're, we're like that. Like when it comes to men being in a group of one another, we'll tell each other, your fucking pants are dirty. Go clean your shit, you know, <laughs> or, <Right>. or dude, <laughs> uh, it's time for you to get some new shoes. Your shoes are trash, you know, yep. just be honest. Yeah. And, and sometimes, and sometimes women fail to realize that, you know, that's really all we want. Like, and, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but in some relationships with people, the woman feels like she can't express that, uh, say what she needs to say and be honest because she doesn't want to hurt his feelings. Well, I can speak for most men. Uh, we can take it. I mean, all the things that we go through in life, just as a male in general, we can take a little bit of honesty. Yeah. I'm, I'm one about, uh, I'm able to take what is it? Uh, 
uh, constructive criticism pretty well. There you go. You know, if if you tell me what my problem is, I'll fix it. You know, I'll work on it. But if you're just not going to, you're just going to fucking do it to deliberately uh, bash me and do that kind of stuff. I'm just going to turn around. I'm going to shut you off. I'm going to walk away. Well, see, that's the thing is that happens a lot uh, because it's the blame. I'll say if we if we could avoid blaming each other for things, because that's that's what's cutting off our communication, because once you feel like you're blame, you're being blamed for something, then you get you become defensive and you're no longer listening to what's going on. You're trying to defend your position you know, you're, it's, it's okay that there's a problem. I was like, but you, you have to be more effective at talking about it, you know, and like, you know, say somebody spilt the milk, you know, and it's like, oh, uh, the milk was spilt. Let's clean that up instead of being like, oh, you spilt the milk. Right. Yeah. You know, I'll say it, it's that once once you feel blamed or you feel like you're being attacked there there's there's no longer receptiveness i mean you you're no longer listening and comprehending what that person's telling you because now you're defensive because you felt like you know that you feel like they're saying that you're the problem yep yep i completely agree what about you lambo I, I agree as well, but that that all goes back to understanding your partner and understanding how they communicate. So if you are, you know, I'm I, I grew up in the generation where I held my the flashlight for my father. I put that that light right where he wanted it, and it was never good enough. Okay, so if if you have a problem, you know, the story I have is I love my New Balance shoes. Right, I got the white New Balance. They, I mowed the lawn in them. I look good, bro. My girlfriend, though, did not like my New Balance shoes. She said, those are old man shoes. I said, these shoes are the best fitting shoe, the most comfortable shoe that I can buy. And I love them. She did not like them because she didn't want to be dating an old man. I said, well, you know, you're going to have to get over that. But every time she would just, it would dig and dig and dig and dig to where then it became a game. Like then I'd start sending her brand new pictures of these New Balance shoes. So I wasn't one that I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't going to get angry over it. I started making my own fun with it and I would send her the line. So like there was a picture that I found of brand new to like maybe six months old to a year old, to two years old, to three years old, to four years old, the darker they got down the row. So I'd send her those to say, Oh, look what I just found in my closet. You know, and you know, just stuff like that. I would start having fun with it, but I grew up holding the flashlight for my father. So you're not going to be able to, to push me into something that I just don't want to do, but I understand my frame as a man though. So, you know, we can, we can talk about frame later on, but the, the understanding how your partner communicates is the most important thing right there. So, you know, just like the, the spilled milk, if, if you know, your partner doesn't like to be blamed for things, then you've got to figure out how to communicate with them to understand how are we going to get this problem resolved? I agree. Well, I don't think any of us like being blamed, Lambo. <laughs> yeah. I know I don't. <laughs> you can blame me, but I'm always fucking right. <laughs> there you go. 
Not with a woman, you ain't. Uh, <laughs> as long as she ain't outside, I am. Yeah. Put, <laughs> there you go. Put me in a room and put me in a room with that woman. She'll fucking she'll get exhausted and fucking leave. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what do you guys? Just give me a couple, if you would. What do you think red flags on these women are? You don't have to talk as about far your, as what? just uh, just as a. Uh, not not directly tones and wake up. You don't have to say it's red flag about just about women in general. Just what would well, be a red... the the very first red flag is women start off at a level four crazy. Yeah, every woman is a level four crazy, and then it goes up through the hot 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 crazy matrix. Correct. You've got to under you've got to understand this, but there are things that you need to hold for yourself your accountability, your frame of what you're going to allow. I, I agree with that. I always say, uh, just be careful about sticking your dick in crazy because you just have to understand what kind of crazy you're willing to, how much crazy you're willing to allow in your life. Because like you said, they start off at level four and then they just escalate all the way the fuck up. And I don't think there's really a, a, an affinity for it. Child support lasts 18 years, fellas. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If you're that, lucky, it's 18. I'll say if they go into college, you got more than that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just like red flags for women. I mean, just to me, whenever they they got a lot of guy friends, oh well, they're just a friend. They're texting them all the time. Made a red flag. Uh, if they're a Pittsburgh student. If Pittsburgh Steelers fan or Cleveland Browns fan or a Baltimore Ravens fan made a red flag for me, I don't fuck with those. I think I was telling Tones. <laughs> I think I was telling Tones since I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Uh, I went out on a date uh, a while back, um, back right after I got divorced, and she showed up and she had a Pittsburgh Steelers phone case. And I told her I, I was going to the restroom and I fucking left the restaurant and then come back. I heard a story about Tones when he was dating. He would scroll through that girl's social media to find out she wasn't a Seahawks fan. No. A Raiders fan. It. <laughs> yeah, it's the Raiders fan. Uh, can't do it. Can't do it I at all. A, I had, Now, on your guys' last podcast, you guys were talking about football, and all I could think about was 43-8 to eight that whole time. And I wasn't sure exactly how I was going to work that into the show, but I might bring it up again later on. So, but just. Oh, I think, I think once is good enough, Lambo. I, th- I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough. I had to watch that massacre. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you guys, I actually, I remember what you guys were talking about. You guys were talking and sorry, I, I derailed your show. Oh, you're fine. What you guys were talking about was the the opening the sequences to the to to the teams, and and even still to this day the hype that was for I believe it was Super Bowl forty, uh, Seahawks versus Broncos the hype you had um, you had uh, God dang it I can't think of the guy's name um, actor who was talking about no he was talking about the the both the teams. Um, Oh man, I'm sorry. I can't think of his name. But anyway, just the the opening of of these two teams of of that promotional video 
leading into the teams running out on the field. It, that still to this day, when you watch that, it puts goosebumps. I'll, I'll send you the text of what it is, their tones, but um, you know, both teams, I mean, both teams were, were ready to go for that. There was more hype around the Broncos and there was the Seahawks. Seahawks were going to get completely crushed and, mm-hmm. You know, obviously it didn't work out that way, but just, just you guys, that's what you guys were talking about was the hype around this game and uh, this last Super Bowl being so boring. Nothing is going to match that Super Bowl 40 between the Seahawks and the Broncos. That hype was, was nothing will ever come to come as the same as that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I completely agree. Cause that was a lot of hype. And uh, now that you mention it and you're bringing up these old fond memories of mine, um, it was Sounds it, like it, a it, woman. It, it, I was so, I was so pumped. I was so pumped, man, because of the hype that surrounded that Super Bowl, And just to watch us just come, I mean, from the very first play, it was just devastating. Ugh. Anywho, we can move back on to uh, what we were talking about. <laughs> Red flags of women. <laughs> Red flags. There we go. Uh, not challenge flags. Red flags. <laughs> yeah. So, like- so right now, like I'm a single guy right now, right? And and I've been single for quite a few months. And the, the things I look for – Personally, for me, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're dealing with an economy, with a planet, with World War III, with civil war. I'm interested in, to know the mentality of, of the woman that I'm talking to in the aspect of what useful tools does she have? Is she a gardener? Is she a prepper? Is she mentally stable if the fucking EMP blows up and now we have no cell phones? Uh, that's kind of where my frame of mind is, but just to go back to the red flags aspect of things, is she combative? Is she submissive? Does she have children and how does she raise them? How many men does she talk to on social media and off of social media? What social media does she have? What pictures are on her social media? And that all kind of ties into the, the, the aspect of, what's her body count you know how valuable is she when that time comes that we start having that conversation I'm not I don't want any more kids I don't want any I've got my three I love my three I'm good bro I don't want any more so that that conversation is is not even going to happen but what is what what does she bring to that family aspect then at that point for being a grandparent what kind of kids does she have you know there's all these other these other things but it's the combativeness that's the first thing i'm looking for what kind of a male presence is on her social media will she get rid of her social media Mm -hmm. if she can't answer those questions right away it's a no-go for me what about you wake up interesting what do you Uh, see Generally, my biggest, <laughs> my biggest one is always being the victim of the breakup, like never taking accountability for their part in the relationship. It's always 100%. we are the victims that they were victimized and every relationship was their ex's fault and it was never on them. They had nothing to do with it, that they were perfect the entire time. How much right. did she complain about her ex? Right, that's another one. 
Yep. Yeah, like the honesty aspect of it, you know, and like Lambo was talking about, you know, the different lifestyles, you know, are we going to be able to work long term because we have the same ideal, you know, ideals and the, we have the same thought process if, if things go down and, uh, you know, World War Three breaks out with Civil War and simultaneously combust. Am I going to have to worry about my back, her back, their back, or am I going to be able to focus on the mission and her know that she has my back? 100%. Right. What about you, Tones? Uh, well, um, well, the biggest thing for me is, is, um, is, is how she presents herself. Um, I, I look for intelligence. Um, intelligence is a big thing to me. And, Cause you know nowadays you some of these girls they just talk like this and it's so fucking annoying. You know and like I mean? is their favorite word. Yeah, like like oh my god, and it's like okay, look, you don't fucking talk like that for one, you know, and two, if you sound educated, you will intrigue me a lot faster than if you just walk. It's like hi, my name is Sarah. <laughs> I got the big booty. Yeah, do you like my butt? Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah so you know in, in intelligence and how she speaks and you know another thing is is i see this mainly amongst the the, the younger uh generation of women um uh, how they dress you know if have you noticed that a lot of these women have lost a lot of self-respect for themselves and they let a lot of their assets hang out like i'm more i am more attracted to a woman who is you preserved two women <laughs> you take two women and you stand them ne next next to each other. You got this chick with the half cut off shirt. The bottom of her tits are hanging out. She's got the da the the Daisy Dukes on with her booty hanging out the back of it. And then you got this chick who's in a a pretty black elegant dress. I will walk over to that woman and speak to her faster than I would. I would even I would even consider the other chick. Based right, upon her they're appearance. more conservatively dressed, you know. They're more, more, more yes. of a secret underneath than letting everybody know what you got going on. Right, right. I don't want my <laughs> woman to be advertising that. everyone to the world, everything to the world. Like what I have is mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I've got an eighteen-year-old daughter, and I have been trying to red pill her in that aspect of Bless your valuing heart, yourself. Mm valuing your your what you are drawing to you and yes. and what you just what what tones just said about wearing that low cut shirt wearing the you know the low rise shorts you know having your ass hang out those are things that are going to draw the <clears throat> bad attention to you that you're not much getting respect a quality do you have for yourself right you correct you have to have respect for yourself before you're going to draw a man who want, who has actual respect for you. Correct. Well, you know, Lambo, that does go back to the, the difference nowadays between what is actually a man, you know, the, the, what it was a man is no longer the standard for a man. You know, it, it, things have gotten so topsy turvy and backwards that, you know, everything that, we see as the way a man should be is now considered toxic masculinity. You know, there is, there isn't that pride of being a man and wanting to be the alpha anymore. 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one thing real quick. Masculinity is masculinity is not toxic. There are toxic no. people within masculinity, but exactly. masculinity is not toxic. It is a needed aspect in society to maintain the balance that we know that will prosper society. It'll maintain the herd. Right. Good yeah. Weak men create hard times. That's right. Hundred percent. Yeah, and the way that social media has come along over the years, I mean, it's it's totally made women toxic. You know, they, they think that attention is getting on Instagram, TikTok, all these social media apps and shaking their Only ass, fans. showing their showing their tits. Now you see that yeah. instant gratification. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what everyone wants now. It's not you know, can I be conservative, hold myself back, and prepare myself for life and marriage? Instead, it's how many men can gratify me self-consciously within the first five seconds of this video. Right. It's all about likes and gaining popularity and, and just, you know, building up their cachet on uh, their little gifts that they want so they can be spoiled by men. And just the basically is being a stripper at home. You know, you, you, you just putting, putting it out there just so everybody can go out there and, you know, all the guys uh, flaunt you and, and spoil you with gifts and, and fall for that, that shit. Like people like us, the guys like us, we we're not going to fall for it. Yeah, those OnlyFans girls can take a hike. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you just look all around the country. That I mean, they're showing on the national news about these teachers that are making thirty thirty five thousand dollars a year now doing OnlyFans, making millions of dollars. Well, what do you think that they're going to do? I mean, if education is not for money. But if they're going to be about money, that's what they're going to do with the OnlyFans. They're, they're going to get on there and they're going to gain their popularity. They're going to be put out there and headlines. And next thing you know, they're they're making millions and millions of dollars. And that's why all these little girls that are 13, 14, 15 years old, now they're starting to idolize that. Oh, well, so-and-so was a teacher and now she's shaking her ass and doing things on OnlyFans and she's making millions of dollars. Why not me? Right. Well, see, we need to go back to the olden days when it came to that, where they, you know, once upon a time, we were allowed to um, technically bully people until they figured out that it was unacceptable to act like that. You know, it, yep. it, 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 it wasn't you can be morally corrupt and do what you want and nobody's going to care. Mm -hmm. That was not tolerated. You know, you're you, people were willing to come together and make it right. You know, and nowadays everybody's so self-centered and instant gratification and money this and wealth that. And, you know, there is no common decency. No. And then the, those women bring that into a relationship and there's a lot of guys nowadays that just, they fucking allow it. They, yep. you know, they, they'll let their woman get on fucking uh, social media and then do their thing. And next thing you know, they're whining and crying that they got dumped because she was, you know, messing around with 15, 20 other dudes. Yep. And, you know, <laughs> 
uh, respect amongst women has has been lost. You know, um, you see in silvery. What happened to silvery? There you go. There you go. And, and you know that we have people that walk around here, and their intentions is to break hearts. Now this goes both ways. I'm not speaking about just women. I'm speaking about men as well. There are men who who have who have gone across this country and have broken so many women, and therefore, uh, women ha- now have this wall that is built damn near out of steel, and it's so hard to break down because this guy was a piece of shit. This guy was a piece of shit. This guy was a piece of shit. And as far as the guys' aspect, we get with the woman who mistreat us and took advantage of us. For most of us, we're just like. Okay, I'm never dating again because they're probably all like that. We pass off the wrong assumption. When in all actuality, I mean, the woman I'm with now, um, I was with someone previous to her, and I told this particular woman that, hey, after you, I'm done. You like, I, 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 you know, I've been in too many relationships that have failed, and I'm just not gonna keep failing at these relationships. And and then shortly after me and that one split, you know, I wasn't even trying to talk. <laughs> to anyone this my fiance just fell right into my lap (laughs) it helps with us because we knew each other previously we had hung out at younger age and kicked it and went to a couple parties together and stuff like that so us already knowing each other helped and you know when you another thing is, is is when you get with someone you also want to be able to establish those ground rules in the very beginning you know what I mean? And, and that's where that's where the uh, open communication and and uh, and trust comes into play, like compromise, knowing that there are things about this person that they can't change about themselves. It may irk the hell out of you. But that's just them. And amongst the younger generation of people these days, we don't have that because exactly what Wake Up said. I mean, they they. Uh, it's all about me, 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 me. Yep. That's right. What's your thoughts, Mr. Lambeau? The last segment I talked about understanding your partner. You know, when a man meets a woman, she, he doesn't want her to change, but the woman, when they meet a man, they want the man to change. And that's funny because women don't want to grow with a man. They don't want to go, they don't want to meet a man in his struggle in his low point where he's trying to hustle and be better and grow and, you know, make a lot of money, grow status. A woman does not want to grow with him in that aspect. They want to stand at the finish line and pick from the winners. So they, a woman really contradicts herself from, from wanting a man to change, but yet picking the man who's already successful, already got the money, already got the house, already got all the toys. She doesn't want to grow with that. So it really, that's really an interesting dynamic of the female itself of understanding what she actually wants, which I don't, I don't believe a woman actually knows what she wants. She She doesn't even know how she, how she contributes into a relationship, but yet the man is already perceived as he's got to have a high income. He's got to have six inches in the pants. He's got to make, you know, a six figure income, all of that stuff. He's got to be six foot tall. That's what the woman is always looking for. That's why 20% of men are, are chased by 80% of the women. Then you've got 80% of the men going, well, where do I stand? Well, you're standing mostly of, in the friend zone because they don't want you. 
they're they're in this little box of this 20 percent and then if you want to start breaking that down that 20 percent they're really chasing after three percent of men and then my point of bringing this up was my point of bringing this up was in that aspect of you know this guy's an asshole and i've been there man i've been with great women and i've left them i've been that asshole that that's something that i've had to had to grow from and understand how how <laughs> i was during a relationship I've broken hearts, but in that aspect, these women are chasing these 3% or 2% of men that all these women want that they have their plethora of selection. So they're going to go sleep with him, every Chad, every Tyrone, every Jamal that they can, and then go, why isn't he after me? Why doesn't he want a relationship with me? He doesn't have to. He's got his pick of, of all the women that are out there because you women just throw yourselves at them instead of going to someone that you think is actually in your class, in your, you know, in your number, I guess, and then picking from who you're compatible with. That now adds something to it is you also have the opposite end of the spectrum. Women who just want that bad boy. They don't care if they're in prison or just straight out of prison or straight out of jail. that don't have a job. They still live with mom uh mooch off of them 24 7 as long as they have a big dick and they're just fucking them every chance they get that's all that matters yeah and then want to scream i'm i'm a victim when that bad boy that you chose over those 12 good guys you had an opportunity to pick over here is beating the hell out of you i'm a victim now well you could have not been a victim if you'd have just left that guy alone but no that's what you wanted remember yep and then they get in a situation where they end up getting pregnant, and then the guy is just completely screwed because then he's stuck for the next 18 to 20-something years paying child yep. support. Yep. And what? And I want to bring this up. So what do you, I want to hear your guys' aspect on child support because I totally think that it's just, you know, strictly on the guy be, through the court processes. They just want to fuck the guy over. Ooh, me first. Me first. Go, go for it, Lambo. All go right. Ahead. All right. You ready? This is where the torches come out. You ready? Yep. Every divorce starts off 50-50, no child support. 50% of the time, every other week, no child support. And it is the, it is the parent who thinks that they deserve more time and financial help to, um, to go to the court to, to tell why they, she thinks that she deserves this time and money. I absolutely agree. That is 100% true. <laughs> that is correct. Um, I'll uh, touch on this. Um, <clears throat> I think child support should only be enforced to people who decide to make a baby and decide that they don't want to be a parent. Um, when you, We have too many men uh, currently in this country, like myself, who are on child support and still continue to take care of their children outside of the child support, meaning I... I still clothe my child. Um, I still feed my child. Um, I still do everything that a parent is supposed to do when it comes to their child. So I think that people like me in my situation should not be on child support. But, you know, when you live in a state like I do, Kansas, Kansas favors women so hard. It, it's crazy. There's so many men in this state alone who 
who are damn good fathers. I mean, they I mean, they're damn good fathers. They get their kids. They have their kids for weeks upon uh, weeks at a time or, you know, and and and. And they, they end up taking the mom to court to try to get more time with their kid because the mom is like Lambo said, I want more time. I need more resources from you. And in most cases about child support, the mother that is receiving the child support is not even using the money on the child. I think Correct. child support should be audited. I, th- I oh, think so too. I think a ledger should be taken and presented yep. to the court Every six months. Yes. Yep. I think if we'd stop putting the government in the middle of all our personal affairs, we wouldn't have to deal with any of it. One hundred percent. I say because y'all have to understand that the whole reason that is that that is even a thing is because we allowed the government into our marriage. Yep. Now yep. I I agree with you hundred percent on that. So if you're going to complain about an issue. What's the problem or what's the solution? So if we have divorce that happens, we have, you know, there has to be child support who handles the child support. Then how do you, if you're going to remove it from the government, from the, from the court's hands, what is the correct solution then? All right. People need the, to set the, their the, pride the, aside. The correct solution. If we're taking it out of the hands of the government and we are being adults about the whole situation, all right, so there should be uh, an itemized list that is what is needed, that is to be provided. All right, so therefore, everything is 50-50. You made that child 50%. I made that child 50%. We are going to split it 50%. Again, I mean, there, there, there should, 100%. there should be, there should be no, no, no negotiation there. I mean, you, you should have to step up and be a parent and take responsibility for that child. Now, there should be no, there is no monetary value for a child. I mean, the government, I'm sure the government could give me a number and tell me that this is how much a child is worth. But a child is priceless. All right. It, 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 it has the potential and possibility that is endless. All right. It is not that child's fault that it's here. It is the parent's fault that it's here. It is the parent's job to provide for that child, regardless on the circumstances. Because they they were adults and decided that they are going to bring a child into this world that cannot fend for itself and provide for itself. So therefore, they are taking responsibility for that life that they are creating together. So therefore, there is 50% of both of you going into that child. So there's 50% of you that should be going back to that child. So would you say that the business of divorce is what causes bitter baby mamas? I, I, I would agree with that. I, I agree with that, but I also think that the bitterness comes from before the breakup even happens. Correct. I well, think it all feeds that- into itself, but once you start going, you know, let's, let's just take uh, the, the example that you gave tones of there's a dad who gives 
all of his time, all of his free time, all of his extra money, plus child support to his children. He makes every accommodation to get to the parent-teacher conferences, never miss a baseball game, make it to every play at school, um, you know, whatever else. He's always there. He's attentive. He's there, but he only gets his kids every other weekend. Yeah. So in that aspect there, what, what is going – how are you going to justify – how who is going to take accountability for that woman to give more time to the man if they're if it's just between the two of you well see my wife has uh two children from a prior marriage all right and they live with their their father full time in another state she pays child support for them and she has not been able to see those kids for almost two years now on no fault of her own because my wife goes out every day and busts her behind. I do my part and bust my behind. And because the fact that he does not like what she's doing it falls back on the kids that has nothing to do with child support but it affects it affects all everyone like like be, being serious like it child support is unjust it's it's un, unfair unlawful there should be no child support there, but in the fucked up, twisted world that we live in, there is, all right? But it, it, it shouldn't be a means to control the other parent or to control the, the time that the children get with the parent. That child support is there to take care of the child yeah. and to give the child what is needed. It is not, it, it, it should have, it, it should not have anything else to do with any of it. So wait, but, let me ask you, let me ask you this, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to. The, the father moved to a completely different state. Is there no, nothing on the books that says, because here in Washington state, you have 150 miles. A parent can move from the other parent with the children up to 150 miles. Oh no, there, 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 there's none of that. <laughs> I mean, so, okay. it's, 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 it, it would literally take a 12 hour drive to get there. That's tough. And, wow. she, and we have offered to go there and take the kids. We've offered to take plane trips to get the kids. And because the fact that it doesn't suit him, it's, it, it, it's a no go. All right. That, that is, that's the thing. We're, we're all I'm getting completely off subject and off track and I'm getting emotional about it because I this this is something that affects families and 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 that's important to me I'll say the, the the you know they're not they're not my children they are her children and her ex-husband's children but I see what happens I see what they have to go through, what she has to go through. 
the the, the oh, only way she gets to see them is through a call, a voice call or or a video call. And it and it's all less than five to ten minutes. And everything's held above each other's heads. And you, you they the courts and these parents to use these children as pawns to affect the other parents and to belittle them and hurt them. And that is not the way things should go. They should be penalized for that. That should not be allowed. And your situation is perfect for the show because right. it's, it's showing that your kids are being weaponized against the other parents. That's right. And that is, that's that's right. exactly why none of this stuff so bad. It, it matters when it comes to the children, because Everything about your relationship, once you have a child, your lives now are about the children. That's right. Yep. That's absolutely right. Everything I do is is for my kids and for my wife. And And I love her other two children like they are my own, and I will go to fight for the death to make sure that they are safe. And I'd be damned if I'm okay with the father weaponizing children against someone just for their, just because the fact that they're not happy with where they're at. Right. Yep. I want to, um, I want to say this real quick here in the state of Kansas. Um, I well, don't know about where in you the state live. of Kansas is where he's at. So please tell me. Oh, is that right? That's right. Okay. Okay. Well here in the state of Kansas, um, <clears throat> The state does not pursue child support unless a unless the mother they contact the mother first. They contact the mother and they say, hey, especially if the mother's trying to get like cash assistance or or food stamps or something like we, that. We can't get none. We okay. we can't get no government assistance. We can't get no kind of help from anybody because because I have a company and she and she uh, runs a restaurant. So no, we can't get none of that. Like okay. we we have three kids that live with us. Like we have three children together and then she has two other children with her previous husband. Yeah. And we get no government assistance. We get no food stamps. We get no government anything. Okay. She has been paying double child support this entire year because the government fucked up. And told her that she owed this when then changed it to she owed that. And now she's $4,000 in rears because they fucked up their paperwork. Wow. That's a terrible thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so so here in Kansas, the, the, the state will not go after child support. Now, if the mother's trying to receive cash assistance or food stamps or something like that, then they will ask, do you need support from the father and the mother has to sign off on that. I have talked to two lawyers because I wanted to touch on my case and I wanted to know why my case was, it just came out of the woodwork after I was told it wasn't going to happen. Okay. No, I'm not going, I'm not going to put you on child support. Okay. And for years I thought that the state came after me. Well, I I called two lawyers and they told me, no, the state here in Kansas does not go after you unless the mother signs off on it. So let me ask let me ask all of all of the guys here in this podcast because we all have children. Okay, if you had full custody of your children and the mother was a decent mother, she took care of the kids, she provided for the kids, would you sign off on child support? There would be no child support because she's doing her job. Thank you. Thank you. 
And in most cases, in most cases, women are the one who file, women are the one who sign. And it's and it ties to bitterness. Bitterness <laughs> and entitlement. Well, honestly, I feel like that's the same way it is with this case. <laughs> yeah. Bitterness and the fact that uh, I'm more than he'll ever be. <laughs> Just right. leave it at that. His ego's well, hurt. Well, I can tell you a little bit about my my story with my kids. Uh, my ex, uh, we got divorced, and she she basically, my kids were 9 and 11 at the time. And she wanted to take off with the kids. She went and moved at her mom and dad's house. And then she let me know that she was going to go move to uh, about 45 minutes to an hour away to be with uh, her boyfriend. She didn't want to be a mom anymore. So she just wanted to be a part-time mom to show up whenever she wanted to and all this other shit. So when we got divorced, actually, she was supposed to owe me child support. But I told the lawyer, I was like, Nope, not asking for child support. I can do it on my own. Yeah. You know, yep. so I took care of my right. kids, put a roof over their head, put clothes on their back, put food in their belly, went to every single baseball game, wrestling meet, football game, whatever they were into at the time. She would occasionally show up. She may show up for like half of a game or show up for half of a practice or whatever. But I never asked a dime out of her. But, uh, of course, every year around tax time, oh, well, we need to split the tax money because, you know, it's 50-50. Oh, at least you're getting 50 of it. I'll say they've took all of hers for the past two years. Mine the entire too. tax return. I've been, I've been on child support for 10 years, and they have taken my taxes for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll say it's, it, it gets rough. For me, I I took the taxes, period. I always filed way before she would, and I always made sure that I got the fucking full tax return because she didn't really contribute to other than maybe buying a few school supplies and maybe br trying to bribe them to come live with her by taking them out to eat and, and getting stuff for them. But right. it didn't work until they started getting older, and then she was kind of trying to manipulate their mind. Yeah. I've got it's a little bit different story. You know, I, I hear wake ups. Um, he doesn't, that's a, that's a, that's an extremely different story right there because that's the flip of the reverse. And I don't think that's very common. So it's not, uh, it's heart, not common heart, at all. Yeah. My heart goes out to you and, and, and those, those kids. I mean, that's, that's horrible. In my situation, me and my ex-wife, we went down to the courthouse. We signed the papers together. Judge signed off on it. We went and had lunch. My, me and my ex-wife, we've, we communicate daily. I'll send her dad jokes. Do we disagree on it? I do. Definitely. But I think in any marriage, you're not going to agree with your wife all the time either. So we have, we have this relationship to where if I need, if I need her, she will pick up the phone. If she needs me, I'm going to pick up the phone. She's lived with me twice, twice for sure. Maybe three times since the point that we've been divorced. Um, I have, I mean, I've, I've, I've been there for her and everything she needs because that is what I'm showing my kids, you know, right. in, in that aspect. But even today, I mean, we were, we, we talked all, all, you know, on the phone all day long today. Um, I got to get my son back next weekend as well, because, 
Uh, he's got some doctor, you know, appointments and stuff that I got to do while, while he's back here in town. But it's our situation is so different because we were 50, 50 week on week off, no child support. There was no argument. Um, now my two kids live with her. No, that's why I bring up 150 miles. Cause she's 171 miles away. If I wanted to be a dick, I could press that issue that she's 171 miles away without me signing off on it. Right. In the, in the end, what does it get me? It gets me, to, it gets me a pissed off, you know, child that wants to go live with her mom. She didn't want to live with me. So that's just going to make a frustration there that I just don't want to deal with over. Right. Miles. Create more attention. <laughs> Create, yeah, exactly. So, but it's in that aspect that, that my situation is completely different than, you know, the majority of divorces to where we were completely compatible with our week on week off schedule to where it actually, you know, it really favored our, us and our, our lifestyles of being able to miss our kids, get our kids going, God damn, I can't wait till Friday when they go back to their moms. And then once they go to their moms, it allows you three or four days to kind of breathe and then get them back get that opportunity to miss your kids. And I, it worked out really well until she moved away. Your situation is the way it should be. hundred percent. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, damn, he's got like the perfect scenario. <laughs> I'm jealous of him. I, ain't I know. Lie, guys. I'm getting <laughs> green with envy over here. I'm not jealous because I don't like my fucking ex. I hope she drowns. Oh, did I say that loud? Oops. Don't manifest Oops. it. They'll come back. They'll listen to the podcast. Yeah, uh-huh. that's fine. <laughs> Anyways, one thing I wanted to bring up about the relationship thing, uh, something I had heard on a previous podcast, and uh, I had to look and investigate into it, and it actually turned out to be true, is they took a poll of women, and they were talking about being either in a, in a relationship or married, uh, do they have a backup boyfriend? 70%. I was about to say 70% said that they do. 70, <laughs> 70% have a backup boyfriend, which usually is either an ex or somebody that they had in the friend zone that they decided to let them come aboard and do their thing with them. Work yeah, husband. that same thing. Yeah, work, work husband. husband. Work bestie. That guy, yeah. oh, you don't have to worry about him. The neighbor. Yeah, that guy. He's just a friend. I've known he's, him since I, we were kids. Oh, he's just a friend. He's I used not, to babysit the mailman. Stop. <laughs> 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 yeah, so it's just, it's a crazy world we're living in where 70% of women who are in relationships or marriage have a backup boyfriend. It just, it blows my mind. Has any of y'all seen that? T there's a there's a TikTok. There's a TikToker. He he goes around asking relationship uh, questions and stuff. I saw a video of him yesterday. Uh, he went up and asked the he asked these girls, "Would you cheat for a hundred dollars? Would you cheat for a thousand dollars?" You know, asking them. You know, basic simple questions that you know most people with respect and sensible ideals would you know have in easy answers to and uh you know I, I almost lost faith in women 
because every single one of them were willing to cheat on their relationship for a hundred bucks. It's no surprise. I've seen that. Uh, no morals, no respect, none of it. I mean, it, it like it absolutely like I, I showed my wife. I'm like, I swear I have lost all faith in humanity just about. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, just the way society has been and the things they keep introducing, the things that they continue to push in and through media, through movies, through music, uh, it's completely decimated our, our society. And, you know, I'm not too much into the religious realm of things, but I do believe that once they really did take God out of the schools, uh, everything went to hell. I agree. Yeah. I agree. This would be a good and, time to bring up your bring up a man's frame, a man's ahead. frame of what he will allow into his life. And I don't mean that in a derogatory statement, but a man just wants peace in his life. A man wants to accomplish goals. He wants to grow spiritually. He wants to grow physically. He wants to grow financially, and then eventually he wants to grow as a family. So when you do that, you have to enter in a woman into that aspect of what do I want from her? Now, the man needs to understand what he's looking for and what he wants to have in his life and where she is at. So you have the woman who goes through her, her teens into her early 20s that just wants to go into that party hoe phase. And then she reaches this point where she gets into that epiphany phase, which is about 26, 27, 28, somewhere in there where she's like, I want to have more. I want to have more than just the party guy. I want to have more than the one night stand. I want to have more than every other weekend with a new dude. She now has lost a lot of that value going into that relationship for the man who understands himself, understands what his goals are, understands what his accomplishments are, what drives him that that woman's going to lose out on that man because he does not want that girl who's been ran through by every Chad and every Troy that's out there. He wants to have somebody with a value come into his life. So every man needs to understand what his frame is. If you're going to have a combative woman, she's going to tear that frame apart. If you have a, if you have a woman who talks to every man on social media, she's going to tear that frame apart. So there are things that you cannot allow or that you shouldn't allow into your life if you want to continue growing as a man, but then as a family. Those things, those red flags, those, those paths, those are going to ruin your future. So a man needs to understand his frame, what makes him him, and what will allow him to allow her into that frame to grow as a couple. And that ties into that ties into the mental health aspect. As a man, if your mental health is not correct, you shouldn't be seeking a relationship because you don't know you don't know where you stand as a man. One hundred percent. That's right. I'll say if you don't know yourself, you don't know anyone. That's right. Yeah, and guys have to work on their mental health before they do anything else. You have to be selfish and and just treat yourself to getting help and well you have to have that solid foundation yeah yeah you you have 
you really have to have that solid foundation so that way that you can build on it because if you're not stable mentally then your foundation will crumble yep i agree and you know that's why a lot of guys we we build up walls and we very rarely let them down for anyone yeah yeah and many let men me and many men reach that what you say let Lambo? me ask you this is there a difference between dating and a relationship uh yes there yeah, shouldn't this will, light, this will light the fire underneath every woman out there as well. So get ready. <laughs> yeah, there's a hundred percent difference. There, there should, in my perspective, there shouldn't be a difference because if you are dating, you should be dating to marry. You should not be dating for any other reason. For so, marriage, you're so, you're trying so, to get a fan, build the family. Correct, but how? So so agree with you on that. Because if you're just dating now, a relationship with that person to to get to marriage, then you get away from the dating aspect. Because dating is you go out, you meet a you know you meet up for a cup of coffee, you you know you go to you go out for ice cream, get to introduce yourself. It's an interview. All first dates are interviews. Like hanging out. That you, like that's that's what it sounds like to me. You're describing a hangout. You're yeah, you're getting to know that person before you jump into that relationship. And yeah. I've been trying to tell dating my daughter this face. as well. Dating is a is a is an interview process. It does not mean you get to sleep with them after the first time of meeting them. Save that for the relationship. And we know them. Right. We're gonna grow with them that you don't have to have and that's the problem today's culture is all, all these guys and girls, they just hang out 20, 30 times in this group aspect, and then they go off and do whatever, and they, all the boyfriends and girlfriends are all swapping rooms. And it, that's what they do. Well, see, that's today's culture. That's that hookup culture. Right. That is that hookup culture, I'll say. Uh, and before there was the hookup culture, there was the courting process where you had to get to know the girl, where you had to go and meet her father and ask permission to be able to court his daughter, to even have permission to be able to talk to her. You had to, to be considered respectable in the eyes of her father. I mean, yep. that's where it was at. That's where we should be. We should, we, it, it, you should, you know, there should, you should have, honestly, I'll say, I, I, I have, I have two daughters. I'll say, and I damn sure know that I'm going to have, that they are going to have to be respected. My daughters will be respected and they will know what a man is supposed to be and the way a man is supposed to treat a lady. They, there will be no sly guys getting in because the fact that somebody was slipping, you know, it, they are going to know <coughs> the proper way that they should be treated because realistically, I believe that that is a, one of the reasons why society is the way it is. Because the fact that they women don't know what 
a real man is supposed to be, how they're supposed to be treated. And all that goes back to the disillusion and the destruction of the nuclear family. Correct. Correct. I, I think on that aspect, dads should go on dates with their daughter to show the daughter what to expect when they go on a date with a guy. They I agree with that. With uh, my, our kids, if, my kids go on, they've been on dates with me and my wife. They see how we treat each other. And that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to give that example and be the person that you want them to be. You know, you have to set the standard, set the example, be what you want them to be, you know, set that bar for them, show them what it's supposed to be, how it's supposed to be. I have told my daughter that if a guy ever pulls up into my driveway and he honks his horn at you, I'm going out there. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go out there and tell him you got the wrong house, bud. Go on down the road. You can, you can go, you can leave now or else I'm coming in here. We're going on a date together. It'll be the three of us. It'll be a great time. I won't embarrass you at all, but not even a little bit. He will, he will come up to the door he will knock or ring the doorbell, whatever. He will introduce himself, and he will look me in the eye as he shakes my hand. Those, right. All of those things exactly. have, to be, have to be checked off. And my daughter, and, and she knows this, and my daughter on this last goof of a boyfriend she had, he would not do this. And she'd be like, oh, like she knew. Like this is, this is why dads are important in their daughter's lives of of a relationship of knowing what to expect on a date of how to be courted your dad your your father matters so much in this in these little details like this that she finally sees it i hope at least she says she sees it anyway but it's those things of shaking shaking the hand of the father looking him in the eye you know even just coming up and and introducing yourself like sign of respect that's yeah, right. These guys anymore, they do not do that. Well, because they don't respect the father. They, oh, I ain't worried about your dad. Oh, your dad will be all right. Oh, first, his ass. first thing going right. through their head exactly. is, I can't Motherfucker, wait to, please. First thing through their head is, I can't wait to fuck your daughter. That's the yep. only thing that seems to be that, that, that they care about, you know? Yep. Yep. I mean, I mean, well, we were, all, we were all teenagers and we all had that, but. The girls I did date, I did have enough respect to be able to get out of my fucking car, walk up to the door, knock on the door, and introduce myself, and you know, shake the guy's hand. Yeah, you know, there we was grew not up a in a father I never met people... or a grandfather that I never met, and I and I looked at every one right. of them, shook every one of their hands, looked in their eyes, and you know, said, "Hey, you've got a great daughter on your hands. Hopefully, I don't fuck this up." <laughs> right, right, right. Now, I'm respect, thankful. Man. Thankfully, I didn't have any girls because I could guarantee you, I could tell that I would have been one of them dads. I would have told the boy when they came up, I've been like, if you like your little thing in your pants, you'll leave it in there. Because if it comes out, the motherfucker's coming off. Right. My daughter, my daughter refused to uh, introduce me to her boyfriend until they had been dating for about four or five months because she knew how I was. Well, I don't have to worry about that yet. My my oldest daughter's only five, and she don't even like boys. Good. Good. So, That's so let me give you some advice right now. Let me give you I'll some say, advice then. Your daughter is five years old, right? 
if yeah. she wants to have if if she is into into having um like the tea parties if she has uh meals she whatever, has tea parties with me every day at noon okay <laughs> so so now take that one step further right if you guys have lunch to plan it you're going to do exactly what time you're going to have lunch exactly what you're going to eat maybe even dress up for it make it something special for her so that way it starts planting seeds to what for what when she right. does start well, dating of what she expects well yeah we we do the dad daddy daughter date thing where you dress up nice and you go out with her and treat her like you know she's the little lady of the town you know, dress up nice and get on nice, nice sweat uh, suit, and she gets on a nice dress and does her hair up. And I... those are all just planting seeds, man. Those are all good that's things. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and that's something that needs prone. to be. Yeah, that that should be something that should be brought back. We just need tradition brought back. Well, we do. I'll say, you know. That, that's one thing that I've been trying to get back to is, you know, we, we feel like we've grown so far apart in society due to the different generations and the way that we were taught. And, you know, some of us have trauma that came along with some of the shit that we were, you know, had to deal with. And so a lot of us are trying to get away from that aspect but realistically it it's the solid foundation i mean you i mean i'll be honest you know i i, w I was hell i was a hellion when i was a kid and uh you know i wasn't i fuck i wasn't easy to get along with i wasn't fucking i mean i was a pain in the ass for everybody you know, but, you know, looking back on it now, you know, I respect my dad for the, you know, the way he brought me up. And, you know, we have, you know, it's a whole different training process. You know, you, you feel like you practically went through boot camp your whole life. And it's like, dang, I was like, you the you look at people who have no home training and you're just like blown away because like you I, I grew up in a super strict household you know like my uh, my all the men in my family will go way back into the military and you know they their dads were you know up early in the morning got to do the chores go out do the feed feed the pigs water the cows give them a bale of hay and everything before you go to school you know so it was a whole different lifestyle and that's the way i grew up and you know my my kids you know is that it's a different time now you know uh, like everything has changed but we need to come back to that you know what i'm saying yeah 100 percent yeah I'll say, I, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm trying to make a bottle right now, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, so, it's hard to keep my mind right. focused. You're good. Uh, I think it's I think it's I think it's dads <clears throat> with daughters to make them stop accepting the least value that's out there. If it's right. not good for you, stop accepting it. 
Make them show effort. Make them fucking work for it. Show them why. Make those. Make your daughters understand their worth. That's right. Show morals and values. Show them that they're a diamond. Yep, show them morals and values. Get them back into that old traditional way of thinking that, you know, a guy needs to come up and introduce himself and open doors for you and Yep, pull out chairs, you know, do all that good stuff. Stop settling for the goofy looking dude. Stop settling for the goofy looking dude who wears his little sister's t shirts and skinny jeans and sags them off his ass and he says things like no cap. Yeah, like when did when did that it become a thing? I mean, I remember when I was a kid. Man, I'll say if you saw somebody with their pants hanging down below their ass, you didn't want to be on the same side of the street with them. No, right? No. See, I'm a little younger than you guys, so my generation—if we caught you sagging your pants off your ass, we just depanced you. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Yep. All right, so what about these crazy-ass women we got to deal with? Can't live with them, and you can't live without them. I mean, where do we start? I mean, (laughs) mean, that's where I I started. I really believe it goes back to your frame. You know that all women are crazy. You know that all women are not perfect. You know that all women have faults. What can you deal with? Right. But that's understanding yourself. That's understanding your shortcomings. If you have a woman with, if you have a woman in your life that has a tick of some sort or a, you know, just something that, that severely annoys you, you know, going into that, that it's just not going to work. Yeah. Either yeah. A, you get over it or B, you move on. You know, that, you know what? you've got to understand what you are and what you're about and what you can deal with before you move on. Like, I don't want any kids anymore. So if I, if I happen to start talking to a girl that she wants to have kids or she has really young kids, it's a no-go for me. And I'm, and I'm fine with that. You're, yeah. you might be beautiful, but I don't, I just don't want to deal with small young kids. It's I'm just, I'm not in that aspect of my life anymore. I'm ready for world world three, world yep. War three. I don't want to have <laughs> young kids to be responsible for. <laughs> I just don't want to have to go back and deal with all the bullshit. My kids are 20 and 20 getting ready to turn 22. So I do not want to have to go back and, and raise kids again. Sorry, but you're almost not, a granddad, granddad phase. I am a, I am a granddad actually, but I've, you, you know, my granddad. kids don't, yeah, my, my kids don't talk to me anymore. So my youngest one, he just had a baby last July and, uh, you know, so I am a granddad. I just never met the kid yet. So that's I'm a, a granddad too. And I'm pretty much in the same situation. My daughter is not talking to me right now and I have yet to meet my grandkid. Sorry. Uh, sorry for the both of you. Uh, is what it is. I mean, it's just, you know, they're, they're at that age where they think they know everything. And eventually at some point in time, it's going to click with them that, Oh yeah, dad's been right this whole entire fucking time. Better go apologize. Yep. Yep. So I don't I don't cater to having the baby or deal with people who think that they're they are self entitled and all that bullshit. Uh, I don't I don't play that game. And it even come to my own kids, I don't play that game. 
how important is how important is you know we're, we're talking about mental health women all the time have a wine night they've got their shoe shopping dates they've got they go to the gym with their they have girl nights out why can't you know and this is drastically needed for mental health why can't the boys have a night out if all if these women have all these have other nights friends. out because, because don't we they, don't have friends what what caused that though let's go back to the root of that of what you guys just said and you step you guys opened the door or you guys walked right in the door that i opened why don't you have that many friends was it because of your wife was it because and i don't i don't think it was just because you guys created different paths because i've got like i've got my circle i've got five guys four guys five guys that at a, at a moment's notice, if I need them to bring a shovel, they're coming. I have, yeah. I have guys nights. I have cigar nights. We have whiskey night. We have poker night. Like we, we do all of these things because that in the aspect of mental health, I will trade that for any woman. She will, she will have, I don't to have any of that. Take understanding that I have these nights because that is good for my mental health. <clears throat> Right. Right. Well, for me, um, I was one of those people who I was I considered everybody a friend. And uh, when I was when I was living at home with my mom and dad before I turned 18 and moved out, um, I remember something my dad told me. He said, uh, you'd be lucky if you have one real friend by the time you're 30. And, you know, I was like, oh, quit it. I got hundreds of friends. And, you know, as time passed, I started to realize that a lot of people just didn't give a damn about me. A lot of people were using me. A lot of people were stepping all over me and, 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 you know, talking, talking bad about me behind my back and stuff. And then as I got older, I started to realize that these people that I call my friends, they really aren't my friends because they only pick up the phone to call me when they need something from me or if I can do something for them. And, and so now I have three guys that I can call just like Lambo. Hey man, bring a shovel. No questions. They're on the way, you know? And, and, and I'm okay with that because I would rather have three genuine guys that I know I can call and that we can sit here and we can bullshit and we can make fun of each other. And, 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 you know, we can, we can talk to each other about our mental health from time to time. I'd rather have three of them guys than hundreds of those of those guys that I think are my friends and are just using me. Hundred percent. Well, um, I guess it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have friends because uh, growing up, I worked. I was taught as a kid that if you want anything in life, you got to work for it and you got to earn it. And so I worked instead of hung out. I then I went into the military fresh out of high school. I literally I, I literally swore in before I graduated. So I was in the you know, I was already in the military. And so there when I I done nine years there and, you know, we have, you know, a completely different bond. But due to shit happening overseas and here back at home you know more than 80 percent of the people that were in my unit aren't even here anymore 
Like yeah, they, 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 right they you yeah. know, so that, that alone is hard. And so I buried myself into my family because at the end of the day, that's all I have my wife and my kids. And I dedicate everything and every second to them. And realistically, TikTok, doing my podcast, being guests like like I am right now, that's the majority of my interaction with people. You know, I, I don't have friends. I mean, y'all y'all talk to me more than people I actually know. Like I don't have family. Both of my parents have passed. Um, I don't have any family. Um, like the the state that I live in, I'm only living here because my wife's family's from here. So you know, I don't have any act, actual interactions outside of home. Do so, the, do those parent do those parents help you in any way? The, whose parents? Her, her parents. parents you're there because of her parents oh well her her, her mother ha- is in congestive heart failure has serious health issues that that so okay. that's one of the reasons why we're here okay okay Understandable. <laughs> like that don't don't get me wrong it's, it, 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 there's a greater purpose for it like it's to make sure that if anything happens to her mom she's here and able to be there yes good nope. when when Completely my dad passed i was halfway across the country and I didn't get to make it back before he passed. And when uh, her mom got sick, it became uh, we're not going to move because you're not going to miss that chance to say goodbye. Like I did. Yep. I yep. would, I <clears throat> would strongly suggest try to find somebody that is a dude that you have something in common with anything like i try anything because you <laughs> i mean you i'll be honest like you need that like i try like I, I you know we had a great group on tiktok for the longest time and yep. <laughs> you know and we had we had some shit happen and we fell out for a while and then once gray passed you know i i, I i'll be honest with y'all like i i like he was my only friend like i literally talked to him every day you know, he was helping me with all the personal stuff that I had going on. Mm-hmm. And for the for the past year, he was my only friend. And now that he's gone, I I just don't even want to socialize. Like I'm I'm just really tired of putting myself out there to be for for people to die you know like m- my one friend that i've actually went out of my way to have that i actually put effort into gone and so i feel like why try you know yeah wake up you have us it's a it's a it's a complete understanding of your of your feelings brother i mean really and and you said you say you have no friends that's a lie. You have it. You have all three guys on this podcast right here. Right. Because why? I mean, that's why I reached out to you to come on it, because I knew mental health was an important issue for you. 
you know, well, bring you I, on. I, and I, talk I didn't about mean it. it that way, guys. Like I know y'all are like there to <laughs> me. I, I'm I mean, starting to feel slighted I'll, here. Okay. I was talking about like outside of you three. I mean, y'all are the ones. Y'all are the only ones that ever put in any effort. Uh, I and mean, I, I and I appreciate y'all and y'all 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 help me out. I mean, like I said at, in the beginning, you know, I I've had a shitty mental health day, terrible, yep. fucking just fucking terrible. I mean, I'm crying now, and you know, I I I I wanted to be here. I wanted to be on this podcast because it it made it made my day. You know, it it gave me. It's given me over two hours of conversation that I wouldn't have had. You know, it it brought us it brought us a little closer. We got a little bit deeper into each other's mind, and we we can kind of have a little bit more deeper understanding for each other. You know, and that that's what it's about. That alone has helped my mental health. You know, we're sitting here talking about our mental health, and I've had a shitty mental health day. I've cried on the podcast, but I feel a lot better now. I was able to get it out, and y'all know how I feel. Well, and I'm glad that we were able to help you, brother. That, the boys for exactly what we just went through right there in the last four and a half minutes. That's exactly that's right. why it's important for the boys to have that time together. To have right. that release from all of the stresses that are around us, all of the pressures, all of the the hospital bills, all of you know, all of the shit that that makes up our lives, we get a time that we can forget all of that. You know, not forget it, but separate ourselves from it for a little bit and banter back and forth with other dudes that know exactly what we're going through. And just having that stress right. off of our minds, off of our soul for a couple hours. Women, if you're listening and a and your man wants to go out and hang with the guys, go bowling for two hours, let him go. Because he will then in turn come back and want to be with you. I guarantee it. And I back that statement. Yep. 100% because we need we need our break. We need to be around another guy, another set of guys. Right. Uh, just shoot shit, let off steam, just have a night out. You know, quit thinking that, oh, well, he's probably out chasing women. No, maybe he's just letting off the steam that he doesn't have to suppress down onto you because you you start getting all up in his in his business. You know, there's women that can know how to push man's button. Um, and there's and guys need that time to go and be around other dudes and, and release. Yep. Exactly. 100%, man. It's so important. But, but for me, like, for me, for, like, friends and stuff, I mean, yeah, I talk to people, like, at work. I got a couple of buddies at work that I talk to. But, I mean, really outside of work, I don't really associate with too many people other than, you know, what we got going on TikTok. You know, like me, Lambo, Nikki, and Tones, and, you know, Wake Up, You. And, you know, there's just a few people I, I conversate because there's a lot of people I don't fucking trust. Yeah. I've been... I've been 
I've been used and, and manipulated and taken advantage of so much in my life from early as a kid all the way up until present day. So it's hard to trust people. And, you know, to me, for my mental, my mental health, it's usually just sitting there listening to some music and playing some video games. That's my mental health. That's my release to just, you know, relax. Same here. I, I do the same. I mean, uh, if it's nice out, I'll get out and do me some fishing. Um, yep. Go go stomp through the woods for a little while. You know, just release. You know, there's so many things. Like like I wanted to touch on that earlier when we was in the mental health. Like, you know, guys, if you have a hobby and you don't have no guys that you can talk to, you know, use your hobby as a release. You know, uh, <clears throat> last year, I'm going to tell this little story real quick. Last year, um, that was my third year into heavy research as far as everything is going on in this country and across this world. OK. And, you know. In 2020, I was I was okay. 2021, I was fine. 2022, I was good. And just last year, I broke. You guys, like I I I broke. I couldn't keep my shit together. I was walking around here and I was pissed off. I was ready to fight at a at a at, a, at the, the drop of a hat and 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 you know I I was I was snapping at my stepson. I was I was I was I was snapping at my old lady and 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 you know I was I was disrespectful to my mother and and, and everything and and. And finally, my my fiance, she grabbed me by my arms and she sat me down and she said, listen, whatever's bothering you, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to listen. No matter how you speak it, no matter how you go about it, I am just going to be your set of ears. And let me tell you, in my deepest, darkest moments, you guys, that right there pulled me out of my hole so fast. I mean, it was lightning fast. Just look at just before I even opened up and started expressing about all the bullshit that was pissing me off. I just stared at her for a second. And I was, you're really willing to listen to my shit. And she was dead serious. She sat down, she cracked her little beer open and she listened <laughs> for an hour and a half of me just ripping ran about the government, the child trafficking and everything. And, and how I'm just so angry inside because and I was angry inside because I can't. I, me as a single person, I can't do anything. You know what I mean? And that tied it. That ties into the mental health aspect. Having that person matters. Yeah, especially w- going. Wanting, yeah, wanting to be there for you. That yes. That right there. That's that's very rare to find. Yes. Yep. And uh, I was going to ask. One other thing about relationships. Uh, to you guys, do you want to know what the body count is on your woman? Nope. No. Nope. No. And this is why, because it's not going to be three. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's a number that I don't need to know because if we're in this, like I told my fiance, I'm gonna be your last, and that's all that matters. Right. I was like, that's what I told my wife. I'm like, look, I knew you were married before me. We'll just say that that was you and that was me. And then now we got each other. Yeah. Because if you worry about that body count, you're you're just going to you're going to you're setting yourself ruin. up for failure. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I want to know. So so on the other hand of that, though, I don't I don't 
want to know your body count, but I'm going to have a pretty damn good idea what your body count is by how you present yourself. Right. 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 Yeah. So, and then if, if there isn't that, you know, I, I think as, as you know, I've been around the block a couple of times, I can read women pretty well. If I feel like your number is pretty high, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. But if I, if I think, you know, you're, you're well, very well adjusted, you communicate pretty well, you have a good family at home. I'm going to assume, and you know, and that's gotten me in trouble before. I'm going to assume that you have a low body count. And that, to me, that's good enough. I'll take it because I don't really want to know because I don't want you knowing what mine is. In all honesty, right? Okay. Now we're because, getting to the truth yeah, of the matter. Uh-huh. Because, because you are going to ask and I'm not going to tell you. Because right. that's just going to create a fight. That's in, And I've been through that. Nope, we're good. You don't need to know what my body count is. I'm not going to ask you yours. I'm going to assume by how you present yourself. Or you just pull a Bill Clinton and be like, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. woman. (laughs) Define body count. (laughs) (laughs) And what about your thoughts on pornography? Do you think Uh, it's more of a demoralized pornography? Because what it's, it does is it takes away your self-confidence, number one, as a man. It takes away your frame. Right. It takes away your testosterone. And it robs you of the intimacy that you are about to have with an actual woman. Because if right. you watch I pornography agree. every single day, it, it, it consumes your mind. It's unrealistic. With what you think re- unre- yeah, exactly. Right there. Yes. It's unrealistic yes. to what you're actually going to get in the bedroom with a real human being. That's right. Correct. That's right. Yeah, it's a low Absolutely. vibration thing. It just it just does nothing. It's a demoralization. It takes you down a long dark road that you're going to end up being just lonely with it, and you're not going to get anywhere in a relationship by watching it. Yep. No, because what you're going to do is you're going to compare yourself and your what what your what your intimacy level is to that pornography that you just went and watched that was. 15 minutes and what they didn't tell you was that it was edited at 15 times and those shots were were done 27 different takes and then they put it all together and that's what you got sounds they, like a professional right there do you know something we don't <laughs> okay, well, you know, know we had Dirk Diggler on the podcast. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I had to ask that question because there's a few podcasts they they talk about pornography and how they believe it's a, a demoralization campaign and it's also a CIA operation to to keep people because the one the one person that I was listening to they were talking about how isn't it awfully funny how it's free. You know, and, you know, you can get access to anything you want and watch anything you want. It's all just just part of this campaign just to to demoralize you, to bring you down, to destroy your relationships and everything else. And I thought it was pretty interesting just to see what you guys would think. I prefer documentaries uh... instead of (laughs) instead of just straight up. Still, still flipping through National National Geographic, <laughs> National <Yeah>. Geographic. <laughs> the Sears catalog. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, 
pornography is definitely a relationship killer, man. And, you know, it's weird because, you know, the, the people these days are strange. They're very strange individuals because some people prefer porn in their relationship. Like it, it intensifies their sex life. Like, okay, I don't understand how it could intensify your sex life when you're trying to have sex and your significant other is focusing on what's on the TV screen. Right. Right. You, you know, well, so in that so in that situation, you're they're not having sex with you; they're fantasizing having sex with who is on the screen. There it is. Yep. There it is. I mean, let's and just that, be honest about it. <laughs> you know, and that's that's why that's another reason why I don't want to know your body count because what's to say that you know one night you have your eyes closed, and because I know your body count, what's to say you're not thinking about Ryan <laughs> or, or right. Joe? Or, or Tom, you know, whoever else, you know. <laughs> or all three of them at it's the same Dodie time. At the same time. <laughs> it's Jody. <laughs> oh, yeah, the military, it's Jody. Yeah, that's know. right. <laughs> I think if Jody goes both ways, you know. Yeah, Jody does. <laughs> wow. All right, guys. Well, do you have any, anything else you want to add to the to this podcast? I'll just end it. I'll end my my part by this: of take time. Number one, take time in between relationships. Stop yes. monkey branching from one relationship to the next. Learn from what you just went through, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. Learn from it so that way you can apply it to yourself of what you actually like, what you want in a relationship, and then move it to the next person. That next person is not, and we need to understand this as well. And that goes to the, the accountability of everybody. We need to understand that not everybody is perfect. Only Jesus Christ himself was the perfect one on this planet. And we are not. So stop finding the perfect person that's going to fit exactly into your life because that person then will fail. And you're setting your whole relationship up for failure. Find what interests, find the common denominator of, of what makes you happy to what makes them happy. And then you make it work. You just stop putting pressure on this has got to be the one I've got to make this one. It's that built in pressure, right? Understand yourself guys, understand what you want to allow in your life and stop chasing after what doesn't fit. Because if it doesn't fit, it's just not going to fit. And then you're going to end up with heartbreak and, you know, all that stuff that goes along with it. So my advice to young men, to men who are, you know, in, in let's just say my uh, age right now of in your 40s, divorced, looking for that next person in life, don't force it. It will come. Find what your interests are. Find what your hobbies are. Find what makes you happy. Your happiness will bring other people into your life that then you can, oops, other people into your life that will attract and then you'll, you'll actually find a partner who you have common things and interests with. All right. What about you? Wake up to be kind, not only to others, but to yourself because not every day is going to be perfect, but you're still here. And so there's still a chance. Don't ever take the chance for granted to be the best you can be. 
and to hug your loved ones and to let them know how much they mean to you every single day. Absolutely. Tones. Um, Remember every day you wake up and you take a breath is a blessing. Never, ever, ever forget that. Um, And I do want to, for people who are suffering from mental health, I want to drop a couple numbers uh, for them. Uh, The national suicide prevention hotline. You can reach them at 1-800-273-8255. Once again, that's 1-800-273-8255. There's a text line that you can also text. Uh, You can text the word HOME to 741-741. Follow the directions, and they'll get you the help that you need. And as always, united we stand. And for myself, women... Listen to your man sometimes. If they're communicating to you that they want some attention, whether it's holding a hand or a hug or a kiss, just know that men want to be wanted. They want to be chased as well. You know, they they want the reciprocation. Um, Don't talk down to your man like he's, you know, some sensitive little bitch. Um there's men out there that are in relationships that feel alone because they don't believe that the person that they're with is reciprocating or showing any type of love towards them. So just give in a little bit, you know, show them their appreciation, show them a little bit of love. And some of those guys will, you know, flourish a little bit and feel a little bit like that they're wanted because that starts a dark, dark, deep hole for them as well with their mental health. They start feeling like the person that they're with uh, doesn't want to be with them. So just from time to time, just do that. It's not going to hurt anything. It's not asking for much. So make sure that you just, you know, do it every once in a while. And for the people out here with mental health, just know that you're not alone. You know, open up, talk to people. If you, if you really need to seek help, you know, seek out some help from either friends or go and check in, get some therapy done. Um, it's not a sign of weakness. We're all going through it. The world's getting worse. Um, so please don't act on any kind of actions you got going on in your head, but go get help. Talk to somebody, reach out, whether it's to me, Lambo, Tones, wake up somebody if you're feeling that way just reach out to somebody so remember we the ungovernable soundstripe